Welcome everyone to the Design 101 podcast. The goal of this podcast is to celebrate all things interior design, lifestyle, and business. Join me each month as I sit down with some of the best minds in the business to open up the conversation and help you on your journey to interior design enlightenment. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome to Design 101. I'm your host Amanda and today's guest is Barbara Viteri from Style Management. With her broad knowledge of the design industry combined with superior business management and organizational skills, she has single-handedly helped propel the design industry from hobby to thriving interior design business. Her systems allow designers to focus on what they do best and that is create. Her goal is to combine her understanding of innovative software, organization, and management to help streamline the business process into easy functionality, even for the most right-brained creative, such as myself. Her virtual management systems give each designer she works with the tools necessary to work, practice, and build their empire effectively and easily. This translates into optimum office efficiency to help designers increase their customer service and bottom line. Love that. Join me as I sit down today with Barbara and learn a little bit more about Business 101. I am so excited. I've got Barbara Viteri on the show today. Welcome, welcome. Hi, Amanda. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm really, really great. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Barbara and I actually met via Facebook. Somehow she found me. I believe it was through my website. Is that right? You're very kind. I hunt you down, I think. <laughs> so Barbara's I been stalking me. I stalked you. <laughs> uh, so we've been talking for several months now, and I definitely have just developed a really great relationship with her. And what's great about Barbara is her and I have a, a very similar type personality. So I think that this is going to be a very fun show. Yeah, great minds think alike and get into trouble and go to jail. So we'll see what happens. And we may or may not be drinking during this show. So we'll just put that out there. Yeah. (laughs) So give us a little bit of background about who you are and you help out designers. You own a Mm -hmm. basically a consulting firm. How did you come about doing this? How did you decide this is what you wanted to do when you grew up? Um, well, yeah, well, first off, on a personal level, I have two children, uh, a son and daughter, and I'm married to a wonderful man. And I got married to him at a very young age and started my quest for interior design, interior designers at a very young age. Also, I landed a job at Howard Kaplan Antiques, which had, you know, the elite of the elite going in. And I was privy to working with the late Mark Hampton and Albert Hadley to, our industry icons, David Easton and Mario Boada. So when I got introduced to interior design on that level, I actually kind of went into this weird vibe where they, where interior designers became sort of like old Hollywood glam actors and actresses. And so I was so in awe with them more than what they've done as far as work was, as far as work goes, is that I felt like I had to figure out a way, how do I work with them? There's got to be a way that I can work with all of them and touch them and feel them and use all five senses. And so I came up with a business that really is a business model of the KISS method. Just keep it simple, stupid. You know, many designers, whether up and coming or the majority of interior designers are small 
firms with less than a handful of people, and that actually includes themselves, they always have a difficult time just getting started. They don't know which software is the best software to put their company on and how to get trained on it and support on it. And then especially when they start growing the team, they're not sure which way they should go. Should they get an office manager? Should they hire an assistant that knows everything? So it's just all those sort of mentorship answers that they were seeking. And I decided to create a a great business that provided that for them. You kind of make me feel like a giraffe, you know, like (laughs) we're we're like these mystical, fabulous creatures or something. (laughs) To me, you got to see me at a social event. It's like I'm at a Lady Gaga concert. I'm screaming. I'm yelling, oh, my God, it's Jamie Drake. And then, you know, I kind of do that in the bathroom with nobody watching. Then I go out and I'm like, hi, Jamie, how are you? Oh, goodness gracious. Well, yeah, yeah. it comes down to that. It's pretty bad. I'd probably (laughs) scream at Jamie Drake, too. (laughs) (laughs) so I mean everything that you're saying is definitely something that I can relate to I have I've done all facets of everything that you've just said and so going from small boutique to large firm with lots of staff back down to boutique firm Mm -hmm. the challenges that many designers face myself included are definitely the organization and the management and just the whole business side of things because we're very right-brained we don't want to deal with any of that shit we just want to be creative we want to have a you know a creative outlet to basically build these amazing designs for our clients and then oh by the way we got to push all these papers too so what is Viteri management how does it help designers and and with their businesses and and how do you make our lives easier well I have to admit I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to put this but I actually pick and choose the type of clients I want to work with so it's sort of like I categorize things it's just the manager in me I've managed showrooms I've managed many interior design firms so for me it's very easy to know that I'm actually going to provide the best service to the niche client that I'm working with and my niche client is exactly who you are. They are a boutique style firm, no game plan as of yet or at the moment of going past maybe four employees. Um, And so what they want to do is really focus on the work. They're not looking at sort of the glamour aspect of, oh my God, I got to get on covers of magazine this minute, or I have to get a licensing deal or have my own showroom or, you know, create my own product line to sell on Etsy or, you know, One King's Lane. So it's a particular mindset and I can recognize that client right away and they completely get me right away. So that relationship works out really well. And because they're so small in scale and boutique style, there's a certain fashion the way these interior designers work. So they really want to just make sure that they are able to understand and get the support and training they need first off on software. Extremely important. It's the brains of the operation. Many of these designers are solopreneurs with hats that are like toppling over. So they really just want to master this small little machine that they're running. And the best way to do that is to do that on, I personally love using Design Manager. So they call me up and they're like, I have to get started. And no matter what software they're working on, whether it's QuickBooks to, I've had a case where I had a designer doing their accounting on stickies. Oh, you know, fantastic. <laughs> I had, oh, that was fun. And even old fashioned general ledgers, the really long books. Remember oh, those back cool. in the 80s? And this was a virtual meeting, and I'm picturing this woman with, like, a cute little cap on and a pencil behind her ear. and (laughs) Like a bookie. 
Yeah, like a bookie, exactly. And you just and she had a successful business. It was great, and it was just her. But she was overwhelmed, and the systems were just failing her and failing her and failing her. And so the best thing is to know and be comforted by that there is someone that understands the small boutique design firm and doesn't make it very overwhelming. And then also preaches to these designers. I feel so bad for them. It's almost like a hug that it is a monster you can't control, but you cannot be disappointed if maybe in the next two, three or four or five years, your dreams of having your own showroom per se is attainable right now, because you really have to focus at what you have at hand, mastering that. And then you go on to the next step, which usually is off, you know, hiring an office assistant which a lot of designers make a mistake. The first thing they do is they want to hire a design associate. They want to kind of get this chick or, or man who is like someone who is the jack of all trades and master of nothing. It drives me nuts. I'm like, you know how to design. You know how to be creative. You know how to handle a project. You don't know how to handle bookkeeping. <laughs> you don't know how to handle answering emails back right away or, you know, formulating your social media. You need an office manager that does that. Stop trying to find the design assistant. You'll make time to source. Don't worry about it. Get this stuff out of the way that you don't like to do. So your recommendation then is for a small boutique firm who is maybe a solopreneur, uh, maybe has a part-time somebody who is a jack of all trades, but really the first person that you should hire is somebody who can manage you. Yeah, an office assistant, not a business manager, because if you are in business, you are the business manager. I, you know, I know a lot of business consultants and gurus out there. They're always, you know, preaching about, oh, you know, you need to have a great business manager. And to me, that's almost like taking a portion of your company away. You know, it's your baby. You can make these decisions. You really just need someone behind the scenes that can oversee plenty of the paper pushing that we're talking about, because that's really the majority of their job. But almost as sort of the next captain of the ship. And that's easily trainable. I mean, I made sure I have systems and I have policies in place that's vital to me as an office manager when I was running design firms. I lived by my reports. I held my calendar like a military operation. So this person who's an office manager that's specific to that position is a master of that domain. And so that's the important next step for a designer to hire and get trained, especially if they don't know uh, the software the firm is using. And then after that, of course, when your business starts to grow and you're finding that you're spending a lot of your time because you have multiple projects, once you have that office manager in place, that person can take on getting a design associate. You may want to call them a senior designer or a junior designer or an intern, but that next person, the third party, so to speak, is the one that kind of takes your creative juices and can be responsible to help you finish that project. They're not putting in any accounting information for you. They're not trying to figure out how to deal with social media. You give specific jobs to people who have specific talents in those fields. And that's playing it smart in the boutique-style business way. So you said it's not necessarily called a business manager that the first person should be. What, what is it that they should be looking for exactly? They really, well, the title is an office manager. You know, you you are the business manager, CEO, if you want to give it a title. But definitely the person you're hiring is an office manager. And a prime example is someone who's been through the corporate grind. You know, they whether they've worked in a law office or even a CPA office, or especially I had a, a friend who loved interior design so much and she worked on Wall Street and she was practically in AA meetings every week of it. 
She didn't know anything about interior design, but loved it from watching it on television. And I said, you are a perfect office manager. You can work for a designer, still get all the fun glam end of it, still see these beautiful, uh, you know, presentations that are set at the table, but you get to manage that. You get to eat, breathe and live it and put it on paper. And it's been like the best job for her ever since. And it's right up her alley. She doesn't have to worry about, you know, providing any creative information as far as completing the project. But God, to see those beautiful pictures formulated on a proposal that she gets to put her hands on, that's the creative aspect for her. So it's really important to kind of just get a visual of what this office manager's job will be. And, you know, trust me, they will get bored very easily. I, I have a different type of personality. I love going to all the events and if you see my Facebook page, I'm like on a red carpet and <laughs> I have a signature pose. And, you know, I, I, you know, I guess it's sort of like, you know, brownie points for me. I can think with more than just, you know, my left brain. It's a great combination of both. I think secretly I wanted to be an interior designer, but I have, I have amazing taste for me. If I had to work with a client, I think I would insult them. So it's probably best that I just keep it, you know, all for me. <laughs> well, and that's the thing I think that's important is that if you do get this person who can help manage things, we have this thing I think a lot of solopreneurs get caught up in is they feel that they're saving money if they do it all themselves and they feel like they have the time to do it or maybe they don't but they feel like they can do the bookkeeping do this and I'm kind of in this position now but trying to do everything feeling like I'm saving money and realizing you know it'd be so much easier because I can't stand doing the bookkeeping I can't stand doing the management side of things I would rather have my hand more in the creative side of things and then I'd be able to focus better on my clients well, you are the beginning conversation with every single prospect I speak to. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, every phone call that I get is always a designer that says, really, I could just do all this myself. But we all know about the balancing act. Something is not going to be in balance, whether it's your family life, because, yeah, sure, you can do your own bookkeeping. Maybe you're even fabulous at doing your own reconciliation or even in the same boat of creating all of your proposals and handling mm. your social media and your advertising and your PR. Sure, you're you're, you're the dream team, but something is at fault. You know, kids are being neglected. I'm not gonna lie to you. There are days I felt like you know social services was gonna come to my house because I had this weird addiction with social media at one point. <laughs> So you kind of really figure this one out. Something is not going to be in balance if you continue to go on this road. You know, queen of all bees, I can handle all of this. There does come a point in time where something will start to suffer. And I have clients, I have one right now that I'm working with. I mean, I bow to her. She really can handle, after trading her on the software and doing a little bit of mentoring with her in regards to like breaking out of her shell, to attend events, she really wanted to kind of connect with some celebrity designers um, to kind of speak with them personally. She has mastered handling her own accounting. And it's so weird that, you know, it seems like the majority of designers have a hard time with accounting. Um, but she was under the understanding. She's like, listen, I can do my own accounting. I just don't have the time to reconcile. That was one of her first steps to say, Barbara, every month, at the beginning of the month, I'm going to send you all my statements. Just reconcile all of my accounts. She has three different credit cards for the business. She has one checking account for the business. She has one saving account for the business. And she has a money market for the business. And that's six accounts that will probably take her two hours of her life 
to reconcile to the penny that she felt was really important to get back so that she can actually start dating. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. The best way I can put it. She wanted to get a man. Well, and if she's good at it, it probably does take her two hours. Like when I reconcile, I've got four credit cards for the business and I've got three different bank accounts for the business. Mm -hmm. Um, And it can easily take me six hours to, to do all of it. Yeah, well, it don't take. It takes me approximately anywhere from two to two and a half hours, and it depends if I find any fault or what I call red flags. Usually, it's something you know silly where a vendor may have charged you one amount and you entered you know a different amount, and that easily gets fixed via email. But I love that someone who is that controlling can think with both sides of her brain, which is, seems like an oxymoron for an interior designer learning how to let go a little bit. And it started for her with reconciliation. Now, I'm sure it's going to lead on to other things where she really, let's say she does find, you know, Mr. Right. She may want to start, you know, possibly looking for a full-time office manager in the office who needs to get trained. And there's additional services there that I'll be able to provide and guide. But those are like the baby steps. You start to recognize that something is off balance and what's becoming priorities to you. Um, How do you want to live your life? And how much of a machine you really want to keep feeding? Because that's also, you know, social media, I'm sure you can contest to this. Social media can be almost a part-time job if oh, you're yeah. doing it yourself. You know, and designers are their best promoters. They really are their best PR agent. Um, but it is a part-time job. And so to outsource that, you know, they get a little scared. Who do you use? It, even I'm in the same boat. That's why I started a, a, a Facebook business page and my blog and Twitter because I've been working with some phenomenal interior designers that are my clients. I'm like, listen, I'll, I'll brag about you. That's a start. I'll blog about you. That's a start. That's the beginning of PR. And great things came from it. You know, I'm, I you know I have to say I'm pretty lucky. I know a lot of people in the industry. So people who own, you know, publications, really big publications, to be friends with them and have that kind of connection from Holiday House to Bailey House to you can only imagine the names get bigger and bigger and bigger. They see this, and that could just open up major, you know, opportunities for a small boutique firm. And I can knock on wood that I'm glad that a few of those have happened. So to kind of spend all that time trying to just have access to that because you're building the social media and you may not have those connections, it's, it's what I call a company perk. You know, it's no fee for that. It's just real genuine, you know, authentic appreciation and excitement for my clients. They're, they're, I'm very loyal to them. They're my babies in a way. So I love to see how they're growing and prospering. Well, and I think that's how designers are with their own clients is as we do different projects, we fall in love with our clients in different ways for different reasons. So if we can focus better on them, I just had a girlfriend who hired a business manager and she said, oh my God, here I've been doing everything for the last three years. I had no idea how much time I was actually putting into my business until mm. she freed me up. And she's like, I can go to yoga now. I haven't been to yoga in three years. <laughs> and you're a better person for it. I mean, I'm sure you can admit to it as well. Just to get a couple of hours back, my goodness, you do become a better person, a better designer. You know, you breathe a little bit differently. And I get, you know, is there a price for that? But think about it. If yoga makes you happy, that's not done for free. You're paying for your sessions, right? So think of it in the same concept when the next step is that you have to hire your office manager. It doesn't always have to be full time. You know, there are some wonderful moms that, you know, decided to put their careers on hold and raise their children. But it's not like they've lost touch with how to keep 
you know, a business organized and stable. And to be able to provide them that flexibility where they can do it virtually is a huge benefit to them. And they can easily do that within two, three, four days of your business. I have a great client who's based out in the Hamptons now. And again, she was a little apprehensive about hiring a mom that was just, you know, getting her feet wet again. The mom stood home. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, I, I don't want to say any names, but I think she was home for 10 years. I mean, that's a decade. And you know how technology changes, like minute mm -hmm. to minute. And I said, okay, don't freak out. This is actually a good thing. Think of it as a blank canvas. You know, she knows nothing about the design software. This is a great thing. This isn't a bad thing. But she does, but it wasn't a lack of her not knowing how to stay organized or how to run a business. You know, you have to be able to get in contact via email these days. Well, you know what? She's doing that with her family anyway. She knows how to work Facebook because she's plastering photos of her children. So it just is a different mindset. So I, I always try to kind of, you know, express a different point of view to my clients. And the reason why I can get away with it, if you will, is because they totally get me and I totally get them. I even run my business like designers run their firm. So it's that kind of great connection um, that just works so well for both of us. Yeah. And I think that going back to moms, I think that people really underestimate them. They mm. are the queens of multitasking. They can handle any kind of crisis. They are fast on their feet, solution oriented. Mm -hmm. I have had some terrific moms who have worked for me and I can honestly say that they have more drive and motivation and multitasking skills than most people out there. Oh, absolutely. I, I, whether it's kids, pets, or, you know, even in my case, I have two elderly parents, so I'm taking care of both my children and my family, and I also take care of my parents. There's a level of, I wouldn't say pressure, it just becomes an innate sort of ability to be able to just be extremely organized and laser focused is the best way I can describe it. Um, so I almost, listen, I'm not planning to hire somebody that's like John and Kate plus eight, you know, the woman has eight children and I'm not going to put a title on her and say, yeah, that's the most effective mom who needs to be part of my company. <laughs> you know, you got to right. be a little realistic. <laughs> she also may have a substance abuse problem too. Right. If you had to deal with all those children every day. No kidding. But it, it's just, if this was a resume that came across your table and I always like to take a look at it, I... I'm one of the first to say, okay, we need to try this. This may be a really good solution for you. And a lot of designers, like I said, it, it is a commitment. It's not like you have to have them on the payroll. There are plenty of employees out there that are opening up their own sort of, you know, 1099s and they can be outsourced. Um, and when you're that small, you know, you go through all these major executive decisions like, oh, my God, if I hire someone, now I have to pay employee taxes and there's sick days and health benefits and vacation days and, you know, and all the stipulations on if you had to fire them and everything's all PC. Don't drive yourself to drink. You know, if it's a part time position, none of that's in the equation. And also many of them are very smart right now. It's a new age after the recession. Many of them are going 1099 and you're, they're being outsourced. Yeah. So, you know, there is other ways of getting around it and still running a very effective and a prosperous, you know, I have clients that are running on a staff of three. They are celebrities. They're on television. It's a multi-million dollar operation. Would shock you that they just have three people behind the scenes doing all that. Shock you. Well, and so, you and I have talked about this. I think that we are 
stepping into the golden age of interior design where it's definitely transitioning and changing and one of my favorite sayings is stop over glamorizing the act of busy oh so you know i think that we're finally stepping into this period where it's okay to take time for yourself it is okay to set boundaries and to have a good life balance and it is okay to not have a large massive firm and to be tight and lean and mm -hmm. run a tight ship that is profitable it's okay to be a designer and to be profitable right and it's okay to be a designer that's not doing what everybody else is doing you right. do not need to have a licensing deal to make you what we call the celebrity interior designer. You do need, you do not need to have a book deal. You know, it seems like everybody wants to have a book now. No, and I'm not knocking anyone, but I'm just saying that the the industry is almost sort of steering pretty much the validation of you becoming a certain type of designer, whether it be celebrity or, you know, kind of validating if you're going to be a speaker at the D and D building, it's almost like your resume needed needs to consist of a book deal, a fabric line, uh, you know, a television presence. I'm, I'm really, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. That kind of pisses me off a little, you know, I have some amazing talented clients. One client in particular based out in Connecticut does phenomenal work working on 15,000 square foot homes, strictly just doing interior design, not, you know, maybe the book deals and all those fun little quite, you know, criteria will start fitting into place but the work itself is what speaks for itself. And right. I think the history behind all that work that she's put in for the past decade is enough to get her on a podium or at least next to Amanda Nesbitt as well and have the same speeches that they're having. That's just my personal opinion. I don't know if I'm going to be loud enough to kind of get that voice out there. But for damn sure, I will be doing it on my own social media tables. I always say I'm the white version of Wendy Williams. If you, if you <laughs> I say it like I mean it. How you doing? You know, yeah. like I'll just I'll lay it out there and I'll call you out and I'm not afraid to do so. Well, you know, is that going to like limit me to a few friends? Well, shame on you if you can't take the truth. What you do, you are based out of New York and your company is virtual. So I've got two questions for that. Because you are virtual, can somebody from, say, California work with you um, if they're not in the New York area? And also, you keep talking about how you use Design Manager. Mm -hmm. um, what is that, and, and why do you use that one versus other design software? Yeah, well, I would say about 90%, maybe a little more, um, I work virtually. And it just is so, in a weird way, designers are working that way as well. So like I said, I run my firm just like I teach and train and know interior designers are running their firms. And it really is becoming more of a virtual business. If you ever go into a D&D &D building or even in, uh, in Atlanta, they have the ADAC building, um, you'll see that they're walking with iPads. They want to run their business, you know, in the palm of their hands. They want to take their company with them. Um, it is becoming a virtual type of environment anyway. So either you get on board or you stay archaic and, you know, just watch on the sidelines. But that's where the direction, and I call it new breeds, but that's really the direction designers are becoming new breeds. This is where they're sort of steering themselves towards. And I do have clients, like for instance, working virtually is super easy and I'm going to explain it to you in a minute. But I do have clients that, let's say for instance, they already have staff, maybe it's two or three members of their staff that need to be trained. 
they feel that it may be necessary to fly me out or have me come into the city and work with them in the office. And I am a stickler the way I train anyone, whether it's the designer, the office manager, um, or design associate, it always has to be one-on-one. It's not a class environment session. It has to be one-on-one because everyone has different jobs. The communication happens when you're all working together. Um, but really, to learn the software, it's what is your job? This is how you're going to be able to perform it well because you cannot dabble into someone else's job. Otherwise, if you do that, and, and I know a lot of people are like, well, wait a minute, people should be able to pick up the slack. You can do that in other ways, but there's no way a design associate is going to be able to pick up the slack and reconcile a bank account. Just not going to happen. So I don't need to be in a sort of school setting to kind of train uh, the staff members that. And then working virtually, it's, there are programs I know as far as why did I pick design manager? There are, first off, everyone knows about QuickBooks. Um, and QuickBooks, I know for a fact, isn't really sort of designed and tailored for interior designers. You can't really combine project management and reports and kind of keep a, a tally of how do you meshing both together with QuickBooks. Although, funny enough, I think recently somebody was telling me that QuickBooks came out with like a design software, but wasn't my cup of tea. Um, and then there's other softwares out there. You know, I had a client, like I was telling you, was doing her work on, on stickies. Yeah, that's fabulous. <laughs> and that's... she's like, should I go to Excel? <laughs> <laughs> had no clue what was out there. <laughs> How long had she been designing? For a while. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, she's been designing for a while. And, and you can tell that, you know, she wasn't um, very computer savvy, which is fine, you know. Um, it was a little bit more time, but she's a great example of why I had to go design manager. I actually worked in the beginning of my business with a software called Studio Webware, and I loved it. Mainly, I loved it because of the fact that it really was a software that's tailored around the interior design business. And my clients, I felt like when I was working with them, I was becoming more IT or, you know, answering the same questions over and over. They they almost had high blood pressure every time they were working in the accounting field of it. <laughs> I can hear them hyperventilating and I hear pill bottles shaking in the background when they want to ask me the same question they asked me a week ago. And so for me, the software was easy to use and explain to them how to use it, but they just weren't really getting it, the majority of my clients. And so I had to sit back and say, you know, I'm kind of seeing something here. You know, I, I don't quite get it why they're having such a struggle with it. But let me just start asking around. And the first people I go to, I have, I live by this quote. It's like, pick your pro. I went directly to like major organizations like ASID. I'm like, you know, listen, what do you tell your designers to use? And they said design manager. I started talking to my celebrity designer friends like Charlotte Moss and David Easton. And I'm like, what do you use? And they're all saying design manager. And so I'm like, okay, something's going on here. I got to, I got to check the software out. And what I fell in love with it is that it really is dummy down. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. Which is what we need. We need short, it's, simple, and stupid. It's not, yeah, that's my whole business method, you know. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, this is, oh, I'm going to marry you guys. You guys are totally on my Christmas list. <laughs> and when I met with them, I'm like, okay, first off, it's not as pretty as Studio Webware. But regardless, that's not really why you're using the software. You don't need it to look very clean and, you know, sort of like, you don't want it to be like Windows 8 where it's like, oh, this looks really cool. And then when you're actually using it, you hate it and you want to take your shoes off and throw it at the screen. Like Skype? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I had a little bit of an episode, but wine cured that in like two minutes. It was great. Just to fill everybody in, Barbara had a little bit of an issue. This is her first (laughs) time on Skype. So we just had like a fun moment yesterday that may or may not have included alcohol because she couldn't get Windows 8 to work with Skype. So there you have it. (laughs) Oh, my word. Yeah, I think I took it out on a plant. But anyway. (laughs) Better than the children. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I have priorities. <laughs> absolutely. But um, yeah, the reason why I fell in love with Design Manager is that they ha- it's a visual software. I mean, they have these big icons that tell you, you know, there's a checkbook icon. You know automatically if you click on that button, it's going to talk about your accounting. It's going to pull up your checkbook and your credit card information. I mean, it really is dummy down. And the other beauty of it is that it's so interactive with the designer in a way that it's very easy for them to use if they wanted to take the time and start playing with it on their own and putting the information on on their own, which is a really big benefit because there are designers that are like, well, you know, I'm not an idiot. You know, I have, you know, been using this software. I have been using QuickBooks. But yet they get very frustrated because they just want it all to be done. And the worst thing that they do is they don't really sort of spread out sort of like a checklist of, okay, I need to do this first, then I need to do this, and then I need to do that. It's just the first icon they see, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me plug this client in. This is my first project. I just want to get the project in. And I'm like, no, you know, let's, this is the steps. This is how we're going to do this. Let's upload all of your contacts first. Have the information in there so you're not typing it over. So Design Manager makes it very easy to use. And I also like the fact, I mean, I hate to say it, it being dummy down, but there are using they're linking and syncing to software that we use every single day. You know, we're, we're word fanatics. We love Excel. We love using word. Many designers use outlook for their calendar and for their emails and it syncs with it, which is brilliant, which means you could take your whole company in the palm of your hand and you can create a task in design manager and it pops up on your calendar. I mean, how cool is that? You don't have to learn a new software. You don't have to, you know, learn how to use Outlook. You're already on it. If you're using Gmail, it works the same way. So just simple, simple, simple. And does Design Manager, I know it's been out for several years, does it update every year or every couple of years? Well, I'm a stickler about staying cloud, so I don't have to worry about updates. That is, you know, those things kind of annoy me. I like to be able, as long as I'm near Wi-Fi and I look... You can kind of see me. If I if I have one bar on my cell phone, I look like I'm looking for a crack dealer. Like I'm trying <laughs> to find, you know, Wi-Fi to make sure I could be able to pull up, you know, my whole company. Does Design Manager also work well for accounting purposes at the end of the year for taxes? Because I think I've heard that Studio Webware does not create the correct reports or something for taxes. So if you do use that, you have to bring in somebody else to, to bring in reports for taxes. I have experienced difficulties with that personally, but like I said, because, and I've spent, I can't even tell you how much money I've spent going through training sessions, working with Studio Webware, and not to say that it's a, a terrible software, it just wasn't my fit for my business model, which is just to keep things very, very simple. So with Design Manager, I can customize those reports. There are sort of defaults that make it very easy for the sales tax report to be produced accurately. Like you cannot create a project without having uh, a sales tax percentage entered for each project, which is really vital because, I mean, think about it. All the information you're plugging in anyway, one of the last things you forget is to make sure you have the correct sales tax. 
And so there are great defaults that are put in place. It's mandatory. It won't even save the project until it ensures that you're picking the right sales tax for that particular project. So that's one of the benefits that I like. Very, And when I mean simple, there is another tab, like a folder, the way designers work anyway. Remember those folders, folders and papers, tangible items? <laughs> It works the same way in Design Manager. You can create your favorites, and those are your favorite reports, like an income statement report to kind of see if you're in the red or the black. Um, even sales tax reports, you can stick them all in there, and your accountant just have to just has to plug in, you know, his password, go right in, and print them out. They can be on PDFs, they can be on Excel spreadsheets. He can load them into his own QuickBooks because you know CPAs are sticklers; they only want to stick with one thing. Yeah, they all like QuickBooks. It's virtual, so you could literally give the information to your accountant and they can do it either in their office or at their home. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's how I strictly will work, is always cloud-based. So it was really important for me to find a software, especially in our industry, that will talk to all the existing software that we already know and understand. So if we have contracts that are on a Word document um, or we're used to doing like our own little Excel reports, I love the idea that I can always go into Design Manager and create a to-do list or a task list, and it automatically links to software that I'm already using. I can make it an Excel spreadsheet. I can make an appointment for it on my calendar. So I like that interaction. And the best part is, is I can do it from my cell phone or from my own mobile device, like a tablet or an iPad. And I know designers need that because they're visiting their offices. They're living out on client sites or at the D&D building or, you know, they're, they're really in their office. And so to be able to kind of take the office with them and everyone seeing one major calendar in the office, they can it's color coded. So, the you know, it's up to you. If you're the designer, you could be pink if that's your favorite color. And your office manager could be green because they're constantly, you know, dealing with money. And your design associate could be blue because the pink was already taken, whatever the case may be. <laughs> It's kind of nice to be able to see this one big calendar explaining what's happening with the whole office on the go. And I think that that's really great for the client because, again, the more organized their designer is, the, the more organized their project can be and they can the designer can focus better on basically the creative side of that project. Absolutely. So it really benefits the client. So walk us through what it is like to, I, I wanted to go back to if you work with just people out of the New York area or anywhere, but what, what does it look like? A, a designer calls you up and says, okay, I clearly need help. How, how does that unfold for you and them? What, what's the first steps that you typically take with them? Well, it may sound a little snobby, but I have to find out the software that they're working on. <laughs> because like I said, I'm, I'm adamant about keeping my business model, which is the KISS method. So I've had a hard time, like I said, working with Studio Webware. I know my clients have. So I can't, you know, work with a designer who's already on Studio Webware. I can easily lead them to a wonderful support team that they have, and they can work with them directly. But the first thing I, I always ask, what's the software that you're working on? Because my techniques, the Viteri-style way, not to kind of, you know, blow smoke up my butt, but really is revolved around Design Manager, and I can customize it and tweak it to make it more effective for you. And it's up to the designer at that point if they feel like they need to make the switch because they usually go through a whole run-through of, you know, why they're having difficulties with whatever software they're working with. It's not always Studio Web. Where I, I, I still had, I had a client that was on Peachtree. 
I'm like, oh my God, is that still around? Is like, that still around? Is that no bankrupt with the recession? I mean, <laughs> are you serious? So it just depends on what they're working on. Um, and then the next step is, is that when they're, when they're open-minded to do a little bit of a change and usually it's the transition, like right now I have clients, you know, that they want to start this month. Like I have, a, a, at least half a dozen clients that I'm going to be working with tomorrow. It's the new month. The first thing they want to do is like, oh my God, can I get all six months of, you know, work and information put into design manager? Can you just transfer it over? Oh Jesus. Yeah, and, and I get where they're coming from. For for me, I actually want them to do that. But I said, we we're going to prep this in baby steps. Let's start off with just May. <laughs> Let's get you trained and set up. And I want to make sure that they have an accurate account of what they've done, you know, four or five, six months prior. Because you can always get reports from your old software to have your CPA sort of make heads or tails of what's been happening in your business. You know, transferring from one you know, style of business to another style of business really shouldn't be a situation where it drives you to drink. You kind of want to, you know, so be able to. So many things in our industry do make <laughs> us want to drink. <laughs> I know. You know, why add, you know, another bar bill? So I always work with clients, you know, as soon as I find out that they're ready to kind of like say, yes, yeah, I want to use the software. And of course, they tell me how their team is being built. And, you know, I love the idea that they want to kind of tell me all their problems. And the first thing I do is I set them down and says, okay, well, this is the ones that we're going to solve. So let's get your expectations, you know, set from the beginning. This, these are the first problems that we're going to solve and let's get to it and send them the proposal and off we go. And I have clients all over the country. So this isn't like a New York thing. And also here's a funny thing is that it's also a personality thing. You know, designers, same way with their clients, you know, you can't really work with everyone. Not everyone's going to get you, no matter what the the case may be. It doesn't always have to be your work. Obviously, they want to work with you because they love your aesthetic. But sometimes you have to really make sure that you can work with this person. And many designers, I love, you know, first off, I'm a very lucky person. I have some amazing clients right now. But I think the reason why I'm such a happy place and I can invite them over to my house for Thanksgiving is because we fit the same. They bring booze. (laughs) I'm coming across as an alky. Yeah, Me too. funny. They do drink. They are happy. <laughs> um, but no, I think there's that sense of you know there's a connection there, and it's authentic, and it's not really mutual minds, but they're all in the same boat. They want to kind of run their business in a boutique style setting, and it doesn't mean that they don't want to grow and maybe go corporate. But it's a nice fit. It's a really great relationship, professional and and even personal. Is it so, a relationship that keeps going or do you typically get them set up and trained and then send them on their way? Well, surprising enough, like I said, I run my business just like designers run their business. So if I have a designer that we were working on, like a designer would work on a personal project for a house, it's a client's, you know, first home. If they're done and completed, and if I'm done and completed with that designer, it may come a point in time when they get a summer home. And in my case, it would be, okay, now they're hiring an office manager. So that relationship will continue because there's training involved and there's time that needs to be spent on, you know, working on the loose ends. And then it continues from there. Sometimes they feel that their office manager should not be doing any of the bookkeeping and they continue to have me on a retainer working for them monthly. So I, I treat it exactly the way a design firm would treat their business. I work the same exact way. We can keep the marriage going. Absolutely. It just depends on, you know, what the terms are. What do we need to keep going with? Because you may want to start doing things in-house. 
So you can really customize it. A designer can contact you and basically give you a list of what their needs are and then you can customize basically what your offerings are to them to make it a good fit for their business. Absolutely. And, for, you know, it's a two-way street. It has to be a great fit for both of us. I started recently offering products, like really simple products. I'm a big fan about presentation. And so I started offering a product line on my website where it was great tote bags. They're file totes. Um, and there's also a really cool sort of dust set. And there's great folders that I'm introducing uh, in the next couple of months that you can put your 100 to $200,000 proposals in. And I think if you put it in a beautiful recycled leather from Italy folder and gorgeous bright colors, I don't know if it'll seal the deal, but it'll sweeten it a little bit. You know, it's a nice parting gift. So I'm all about the presentation. So, you know, I started to delve into providing simple solutions in regards to products as well to designers. Maybe the goal for me would be to become the Bethany Frankel <laughs> for interior designers, you know, just I always say I'm providing practical solutions. So I'm really delving more and more into that. I got great partners and potential partners I'm working with right now to make. I know designers want to really do a website on their own and they really are getting frustrated trying to find a web designer and, you know, the expense of it. And they're like, oh my God, you know, I know what's in my head. I just can't explain it to you and tell you. And, you know, can you figure that one out for me? And, so I'm like, you know what, that's actually a really good problem I like to solve. So I'm working with partners now on how to make a beautiful, simplified website that designers can do on their own. Sounds crazy, but, you know, it's a million-dollar idea, so we'll see what happens. Well, the fact that you're enamored with this industry and that we are rock stars in itself is crazy. Dad, I wish there was meetings for it, but it, it, Amanda, it, it, if I could have an autograph book, you know, I'm telling you, like, it's really, it's pretty bad. But I have to say, I think designers are on to me because they're coming up to me now, surprising me, and they wait for me to get that look like a deer in headlights, like I didn't get a chance to mentally prepare, you know, what right. I have. Tom Felicia come up to me and like, hey, girl, I'm like, oh, hold on, it's you. And he gives me that look like I got her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, you know, they're starting to catch on to me. I think the word's going around Facebook or something like, you know, you got to check out this chick. <laughs> she well, was odd. And you are a stalker. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> I try to be a little discreet by it, but I unfortunately I just can't. And then to be able to work with some of them, like it's, I always put like a disclaimer in the beginning. Like I, I, Libby Langdon, who a lot of people know, she's a client of mine. And every time I'm on the phone with her, I'm like, okay, Libby, I have to breathe. How you doing? <laughs> and she's like, this is the 80th phone call, you know, like seriously by now. I'm like, I know, I know, but it's Libby Langdon. <laughs> to it who am I talking to this week let's make our schedule yeah that's great <laughs> see I get giddy you can almost tell right over the phone you know I'm smiling ear to ear <laughs> well and that's good that's important that as designers we go into this field because we're creative and we're passionate about it and we love to do it and then we get bogged down with all the bullshit the push in the papers and you know dealing with taxes and bookkeeping and reconciling and staying organized and then we just get burnt out and then we're like what are we doing and why are we doing this yeah it's tough and it's you know I think even with like the designers that have such a passion for it and they're new and you know the way school is being taught now you only get a couple of sessions you know for business and they're kind of like gone you know they're out in the field with no sort of business education 
I mean, you can pretty much put that out there for everything that pertains to the way, you know, our school society is working at the moment. But, you know, you don't really feel prepared even after you graduated from high school or even college. You're just really technically not prepared. Um, but I think the designers that are really trying to make their mark now, you know, the new breeds, as I call them, or traditional home calls them, you know, trad designers, like they're the new designers that are making their way on the scene, it's so difficult for them because they almost feel like the standards have already been set that unless they've been published or unless they've, you know, been approached about doing show houses or having a book deal or, you know, again, that furniture line, there's no validation that they're really a designer and they're putting in the work and the effort. They really are. And they're really, you know, doing things on the sidelines to take business classes and courses separate from what they had to learn from Parsons and so forth. I'm, because I'm based in New York, I happen to know that, you know, Parsons is a school for interior designers, but they're doing things completely different. They are becoming members of ASID and, you know, IFDA on their own accord. And that to them is validation. And it kind of is a shame that our industry doesn't recognize that and won't give them a chance. Well, and I think we are coming into a new age. I think that the way that design has been done for the last, you know, 20, 30 years is changing drastically. The internet has changed everything. And like you said, these new breeds that are coming out, the this digital age and the economy has changed everything. Design is not what it was 10 years ago. It's totally no, different. No, no, no. No, and I'm proud when I work with designers that are still working out of their homes. And you'd be amazed that, you know, again, like I said, I do have a wonderful celebrity roster still working out of their house. I mean, how fab is that? To me, that's fabulous. You have such control and you have such a great, brilliant hat on your head that you can still interact with your team and they don't have to be in an office setting. They really don't. Keeps your ship tight and lean which I Mm -hmm. think a lot of designers, they feel like they do have to go out and really, and I did, I made the same mistake. I went out and I really felt like I had to have that big expansive space to really set myself off as a professional. And now that I'm back out of my home, I'm like, God, why did I do that? So much better working out of the house. Well, timing is everything too. I think a lot of people were falling into that trap, you know, back in 2004, 2005. It was like, if you didn't have this, you had nothing, you know? In closing, I just wanted to ask you, in your opinion, what are three things that, like, mistakes that designers make that you see all the time? Well, just three? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Let's do the top three. Yeah, Yeah, top three. Well, again, I really put a lot of emphasis on what you're running your business on. So software is key because, again, it is the brains of your operation, and so... And it's not that you have to be the master of the software and know every element of it, but it's very, very important to know how to use the software to benefit your business. It's very important to know how to generate proposals and how to generate purchase orders and invoices and how to reconcile all of your accounts. So software is very key um, when you're running your business. And without having that and having it be mobile, that's a big mistake. That's a lot of time that could be wasted. The other thing I would say, and this happens a lot, funny enough, not too much, I better not say that, but it does happen a lot, where the designer starts to realize that they've made a mistake in hiring someone that they thought would be a jack of all trades. As a business owner or a designer, you have the mindset that you know you have to learn a lot of things. But as an employee, they don't have that same mindset. Your company, I hate to put it to you, is not their baby. And they just want to do a job until it grows on them. I mean, not to say that won't happen and you won't, you know, you may luck out and have almost a partner, a true partner 
on your hands. But I think it's really great to understand that your next hire is really the hire that has to do the time consuming work that you just don't want to do. And nine times out of 10, it's always that office manager. So hiring the designer that's right out of school who thinks, oh, I'll just work for you for two years and then I'm going to start my own gig. That's a mistake. And it happens time and time again. And next thing I know, I'm getting a bunch of resumes emailed to me and the designer is saying I had to let, you know, Sally, I want to be my own designer go. <laughs> and, you know, you know, I don't know really what I'm looking for in an office manager. Can you help me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that would be another mistake. And this is going to be an interesting one. I mean, maybe we should have put a disclaimer in the show, but I'm pretty blunt. And I have to say is really recognizing if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you really want to be in business. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with working for another interior designer that you absolutely love and partnering with them. But to make that decision that you're going to go at it alone, that's a big, big step. So it's a reality check that, you know, you've heard of the saying, grand opening, grand closing. It's a, That's a decision that you really don't want to make a mistake because it could be a big financial one. Well, and it's the difference of basically working a hobby versus a career to decide, you know, if you do want to be an, and that's the thing is a lot of designers don't have the head or the, the desire to be an entrepreneur. Right. And that not and this is not knocking them. I mean, it doesn't mean that you can't take your passion. I mean, really, interior design is a beautiful passion, but to formulate it into a business is a completely different, you know, ball game. Yeah. And I love the designer that can recognize that, that they are actually in a happier place when they're partnering up with a designer they admired for years or one that they can connect with on the same aesthetic level and just partner up and just run a, a, a firm as a team or being part of that team. Because it's sad when, you know, they realize this became a machine they just can't continue feeding. And that's that weird balancing act that we all have that problem. You know, something is going to be lacking no matter how much you don't want to admit it or you want to face it, whatever your personal issues are. It does become a machine that you have to feed and pay attention to. And something will lack of by doing that. Something will lack from it. So yeah, that would be probably the third mistake. It's not top on the list because everyone I work with is always a designer that wants this so badly. Um, But it's that realization that they just can't cut it. It's really difficult. Well, and I think it's really great for any designers that are listening to know that there are options out there. I think that many do, without recognizing it, they run a hobby for 10 or 15 years, struggle making the same mistakes like hiring an assistant that is the jack of all trades. I've done it myself. And feeling like you have no options because you have no idea where to start or what to do or how to do it because you don't have that skill set. And to know that there are people like yourself who are passionate about design, but are actually good with organization and business side of things that when you can partner with somebody like that, you truly can become an entrepreneur and you truly can build your empire the way that you want to because you can focus on what you're good at and allow somebody else to do what they're good at. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And, you know, like I said, don't get insulted, but don't call me when you say, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been in business for five years and I want to go through your projects and it's just your house, your cousin's house, your friend's house. <laughs> and then I tell you, you haven't been in business until you've met a complete stranger that you had to work on. Yeah. So call me back when you have at least three projects that there are people that you didn't know or your blood related. I mean, it sounds harsh to say, 
But I can automatically, and I hate to make this assumption, but I can automatically say that this person is not technically, you know, a designer. It's very easy to work with on AM and, you know, designer house. Good luck trying to get on AM to call you back and say, you know, I didn't like this. We got to return it. And it's been completely paid for. And there's going to be a 25% restocking fee. And you haven't hit that trouble. So, yeah, I'm going to put it out there. Don't call yeah. me. <laughs> I well, will Barbara. We have hit an hour and it was so much fun talking with you. I can't even believe that an hour has gone by. If somebody who's listening is interested in working with you or finding out more about you, how can they get in contact with you? Well, I'm a phone girl, so definitely feel free to call me at 914-500-8760. And you can also go to my website, which is www.viteristylemanagement.com. And Viteri is spelled V as in Victor, I-T-E-R-I. Yeah, so you can stalk her like she'll stalk you. <laughs> if you're so lucky. Yeah. Well, Barbara, I want to thank you for being on the show today. It was so fantastic to get some time with you. And, and thank you for sharing so much of your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been a blast, Amanda. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Wow. Wasn't it inspiring to hear how passionate Barbara is about design? And she isn't even a designer. All of us go into this field with a love and passion for the creativity that being a designer brings us. One of the things that I love about Barbara is that she makes it all possible. Her firm provides us the missing link to help us give more fully to our clients, family, and most importantly, ourselves. I want to thank you for listening today. I'm your host, Amanda, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have. If you'd like more information on this show or have questions or comments, email me at amandamgates at gmail.com. You can also visit my blog at abhomeinteriors.com forward slash blog or find me on Twitter at the Amanda Gates. Bye for now. <laughs>